Hello and welcome to Hort Thoughts, a podcast by the Victorian Farmers Federation Horticulture Group. My name is Tegan Buckley and in this very first episode, I am excited to be joined by VFF Hort Group's President, Nathan Free and VFF's General Manager for Policy, Luke Hook. The purpose of this podcast is to connect Victorian food producers with expert advice, knowledge and information on key topics relevant to the horticultural industry. In this first season, we'll be chatting with various key industry experts as part of the VFF's Horticulture Roadshow series, focusing on seasonal workforce industry support. Topics that we will cover inside this series over the next few episodes include workplace relations, discussing what obligations you may have as an employer and how to best meet them, any government support programs that are on offer out there to support farmers at the moment, horticultural visa options, what visas are commonly used in hort and how to apply for them, seasonal workers program. We're also going to be discussing disruptions to the supply chain, so the impacts on exports of produce and also imports of fertilizer, chemicals and availability. Next, we're going to be talking about farm safety, safety issues on horticultural based farms. Mental health will also be a focus in one of our episodes coming up. What are the signs, how to seek help and also offer support. So first up in this episode, Nathan Free and I will be chatting about the season in 2021, how to get involved with the VFF Horticulture Group and what he enjoys most about being a farmer in the Mallee near Swan Hill. And then we'll be heading over to Luke Hook to chat about VFF policy. So sit back, relax and enjoy and it's over to Nathan. G'day Nathan, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hort Thoughts podcast. Hi, Tegan. Thank you for having me. So, Nathan, to kick off this episode, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your farming enterprise, and also your role with the VFF Hort Group? Yeah, so we farm um, up on the Murray River near Swan Hill. Our business name's Mallee Organic Farms, also a little marketing company called Waddle Organic Farms, where we produce um, certified organic stone fruits and figs, as, as well as um, broccoli and pumpkin during the winter months. My role at the VFF is primarily is president of the horticulture group where we look after a range of different factors to do with horticulture. So at the moment we've got big issues with um, sourcing labour for farmers in Victoria and, and it's a really big issue across the, the country as well. So um, working with farmers through some people are working with dharma applications, higher applications, and we also do a big role with negotiating um, with the NFF and, and government bodies, well, working with them for the negotiation over the ag visa and, and other labour sourcing policies where we can we get more labour on the farm so that to assist our farmers. Um, we're also at abreast with a large issue with inputs that we're um, high cost of inputs at the moment so everyone's noticing higher costs of urea and glyphosate and a lot of horticultural producers will 
understand at the moment that um, our blue pellets that we send our orders off on are in short supply. So we're, we're talking with a few of those suppliers and seeing what the holdups are and seeing what we can do. And, and a lot of horticultural producers have already noticed there's issues with markets and we're also always in the discussion around see what subsidies there are for getting exports out of the country and um and always the assistance to farmers even around the fact of mental health and workplace safety um there's a lot of services that the um, vff gives to its members and to the greater community so we're working every day and making that um portfolio of assistance most relevant to the growers we have yeah fantastic so what is your favorite thing about working in horticulture or favorite thing about being a farmer i think it being at the coal face and being able to create a healthy soil creating um, a good work environment for our employees and creating nutritious food for the customers is i mean having being able to see that turnaround on your own farm and being able to see the produce go out the gate is the most rewarding thing about being in the industry. And so in, in my role as president of the horticulture group, the VFF, it's, it's the regulations and all the other things that sometimes hold farmers up from being able to create that achievement that we're working on and making their lives a little bit easier. Um, and so yeah, I take big reward from that. Yeah, absolutely. And that paddock to plate process is um, nothing can beat it. Very rewarding. No, nothing so, at all. <laughs> so what's the season been like in your region this year? Oh, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy one this year. We've had um, quite a cool start up here in the north for our um, spring-summer season, which has um, delayed the maturity of some crops um, across the whole state, we're seeing a lot of rain events which are affecting a lot of farmers um, with minor floods down, down south and um, extra humidity and extra um, disease pressures up here in the north. So it's been a, been a little bit of an odd season, but we're really hoping that um, the markets and, and other factors will allow everyone to have a really good season up here in the north for their summer season and, and it will continue down in the um, southern part of the state with the vegetable crops and apple crops to make sure that we're really hoping that they'll really push through and we'll, we'll have a good season here in Victoria. Yeah, fantastic. And 2022 will hopefully be a promising one. Anything on the cards that you'd like to share happening in your world or through VFF Hawk Group? For 2022, we're, we're looking for a bit more prosperity than we have for the last 18, 20 months with um, the COVID lockdowns and, and hampering of, of what daily tasks can be done on farm due to uh, lack of labour and um, market conditions. So we're really looking for some big things. So we'll be able to see the ag visa hopefully come into its full fruition during 2022 and people taking the opportunity with that to get more workers on farm. Hopefully in, in conjunction with that, the borders will start to open. We can get more workers on farms during with students and backpackers coming back into the country. And this will take the pressure off our farmers so we can get those jobs done on farm and get our, our farms running the way they should. 
and we'll just be looking forward to seeing what other opportunities we do have in the horticultural sector and um, making sure everyone's um, everyone's safe, happy and well. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Nathan. Thank you very much, Tegan. Look forward to the rest of the podcasts and, and the series to come. Thank you. So now we're going to head on over to Luke Hook to chat more about policy inside BFF. G'day, Luke. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hort Thoughts podcast. No, thanks, Tegan. Great to be with you. So let's kick off this episode with talking about your role um, and also the role of the policy team at VFF. Can you give us some insights? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the general manager of policy at the VFF and um, uh, the policy team is made up of a really, really exciting group of people who have some skills across various areas like there's some with backgrounds in law some who've been planners at local uh, councils in regional victoria uh, people at different stages of the career, their careers but um, they're all experts in their own field so covering uh, areas like environment uh, transport um, climate change planning uh, and basically the job of the team is uh, looking after members who might have issues in those specific areas um, and often they'll have a problem that we might be able to help them to solve um, and uh, we're also responsible for managing the um, policy development process for the organisation so um, identifying common issues among the membership and then coming up with potential solutions and going back to the members to try and work out um, uh, what uh, what potential solution is supported by them, and then we, and then the next stage is the advocacy, where we go to government and try and um, try and find a solution with them. Wow, so no, no day would be the same in your world, that's for sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. Every day uh, throws up new challenges. Um, you know, it can be, it can really, really vary. One day you'll be dealing with, uh, it might be potholes in a local road um, for local government, and then the next day you might be. Uh, whisked off to a meeting with the uh, with the agriculture minister to discuss um, some legislation that's going before parliament. So it can be really varied, but I think that's part of the um, part of the role that really drives the team um, because because it, it's varied and you you get the opportunity to um, work on some exciting issues and ideally get results at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Win win. So I guess straight off the bat to kick off um, a bit more of an in depth chat about. Uh, policy in Hort. How do farmers participate, I guess, in the Victorian Farmers Federation policy and advocacy? And how do you ensure that what you advocate to the government is representative of members of the VFF? Yeah, it's a really important question. Um, and it's a conversation that we have with members all the time because uh, people often disagree on issues. Um, people might it's human have, nature. <laughs> exactly. Completely different views. Um, on a particular issue um, and they might be critical of the VFF as an organisation when we take a position that um, doesn't agree with their, their view. Um, so it's really important that we have a rigorous process um, to, to determine what the view of the membership is and make sure that our, our advocacy is representative. Um, and we do that in a number of ways. The, the policy team spend a lot of time on the phone talking to members. Um, when members have an issue, generally they call to talk to us about it. Um, or if they read something in the newspaper that they're concerned about, they call us 
Um, we're also on the road quite a bit, um, attending whether it's at our branch meetings or other events in the regions. Um, and that helps us to, it's a bit of a litmus test of what the view of farmers is on different issues. Um, but then we also have more sort of formal processes to um, try to determine what members think about this, an issue. A, a good examples, uh, we were recently developing a climate change policy um, and obviously an issue that um, there's a variety of views on. So um, we put that through quite a rigorous policy process where we, um, we actually surveyed all the members to try and get their view on different aspects of that, um, which was a really good process. Um, and then as we were going through developing that, you know, we had a discussion paper and um, a draft policy that went through all of our policy development processes, all of our commodity groups um, were feeding into that, looking at it, um, critiquing it, um, and it was a really good process. And I think it demonstrated the, the rigour in our policy processes, um, and I hope that gives confidence to the, the members. Yeah, so how does that VFF advocacy work? And there would be so many issues that would crop up from time to time. How do you prioritise those? Yeah, that's another conversation that um, you often have with members around prioritising issues because uh, when it, when an issue pops up and it's something that you're passionate about, um, you often, you know, you want action on it straight away, which is a completely reasonable um, request. But there's often so many issues that are going on at once um, and so we've got to prioritise our resources and also um, think strategically about how we use our political capital and relationships um, so sometimes, um, sometimes an issue that is really important to one person or a group of people um, might not be the number one priority for the organisation at the time. Um, and sometimes that's a really difficult conversation. Um, but we, we, the way we make those decisions is um, based on the feedback and conversations that we have from members, understanding what's important, um, trying to understand what the majority's view is, um, and also, you know, trying to be respectful of um, the different viewpoints at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's tap into some of your recent wins. Can you give us a little bit of insights, what you've been working on recently and, and what sort of highlights that have come out of uh, some of those issues that, that you've really been able to successfully follow through on? Yeah, sure. And the, the team's been doing some really good work throughout COVID. I mean, COVID really derailed a lot of our work because um, we were dealing with border issues and uh, business yeah. restrictions, um, but that didn't stop us doing the work that um, we're here to do, um, which is, you know, fixing problems really. So um, uh, one of the really big recent wins was on uh, a, a mine that was proposed uh, down in East Gippsland, which was the Fingerboards um, sand mine. Um, and VFF supported our members down there um, throughout the um, AES process, the environmental effects statement process, um, and actually uh, were, were effective in arguing the impacts of um, that, the, that the project would have on agriculture. Um, it was actually shown that the mine would, um, the impact of the mine would uh, remove 100 to $120 million worth of production per annum, which is huge. Um, oh, absolutely. And that was a joint effort with our members down there. It was a really tough process. Um, and, as, you know, some of the VFF staff that worked on that were working on it for over a two to three year period. So it was a really long, Huge. hard slog. And, and sometimes you, you, when you're going through those processes, you, you wonder whether it's all going to be worth it. Um, uh, but in this case, the, the government actually um, uh, blocked the project. 
um, because of the potential impacts of it. Um, so that was a real win. Um, and, you know, really buoys you when you get those ones because we're dealing with other AES processes where we're supporting members at the moment. Um, and it really gives you a bit of confidence to go in there and um, uh, convinces you that you're doing, you're doing the right thing, uh, putting resources to these types of things because you can have, can have success. Um, yeah, for sure. One of the other uh, ones that we've had quite a bit of success on recently um, is around uh, freight access, heavy vehicle access across the state. Um, uh, a big one, especially in ag supply chains, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So opening up, you know, road train access um, and B-double access in some local government areas. So um, that's been really successful. We've got a staff member, um, Annabelle McTeer, who's been working on that um, with some real success Um and I know that's really appreciated, particularly by our um, grains members in Northwest Victoria, but there's still plenty of councils to, to go. So each time we tick off one council, we just roll on to the next one. So it's a bit of a process. So next up, what are VFS priorities going into 2022? 2022 is going to be a really big year um, because we've got two elections, one being the federal election um, probably in May and the second being the Victorian election in November. So um, it's going to be a really busy year for us, but it's a real opportunity to get some of our um, key issues on the agenda. So um, uh, we've, we've been working on looking through the um, lens of food security um, and encouraging the Victorian and federal governments to come up with a food security plan because um, a lot of our priorities fit, fit beneath that quite well. Um, in Victoria, we're looking for investment in roads. Victorian roads are... Um, in the regions, a subpar. Um, there's uh, road managers are putting up 80 kilometre per hour signs because it's easier to do that than, uh, or cheaper to do that than uh, fix the roads, um, which, as you can imagine, is really frustrating for the road users. So oh, yeah. um, we just want to see some serious investment there to um, make sure farmers can get their, their product to port and market um, safely, basically, and efficiently. Um, uh, another one of our priorities, climate adaption and mitigation, um, which is obviously a big one. There's lots of opportunities, but also challenges in that space. So um, that's somewhere that we'll be doing um, quite a bit of work. Um, and there's, you know, I could go on forever to list all of the all of the areas, but I guess some of the other issues that I should mention are um, transmission lines. So um, there's some significant energy projects across the state where um, members may be impacted. Um, with transmission lines or um, renewable energy facilities going up on or near their properties. So we're supporting our members through those processes. Um, we've got a new managing entry to farms policy, um, which helps our members to navigate uh, when people want access to their farms, but also um, it's, it also sets out to government and also the project proponents um, what they can be doing to protect agriculture and um, make the process um, easier for landholders. So that's a really important one um, that we'll be focusing on in the next 12 months. Wow. 2022 is going to be huge for your team. <laughs> yeah, Great. absolutely. Um, hopefully we get a bit of um, downtime in December and January to uh, get all our ducks in order and do a bit of planning. So that's, that's the hope. A bit of recharging. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the most rewarding aspect about your job? Um, I think the most remote, uh, rewarding aspect is the people. Um, I love dealing with farmers and um, they're really genuine people. 
Um, and when you can help someone to solve a problem that they're facing um, with their business, um, that's that's really rewarding. Um, you know, whether it's someone who's got a problem with their local government or whether it's a bigger issue, um, you know, they're having trouble with a grant process or whatnot. They sort of seem like simple issues, but um, they can really disrupt someone's business. And uh, when you, you've got a disruption like that on your farm, um, it can really chew up your time and that affects your family and everything else. So um, those sort of things are really rewarding. Um, and to all the members that are listening, when you do have an issue, um, call us because we've got people who um, are experts in their different fields um, and you never know, they might be able to help to solve your problem um, with ease. Yeah, I'll pop the best contact details in the show notes so it's easy to access. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Any challenging aspects in your role that you might want to give us a little bit of insights behind the scenes look, look on? Yeah, I think the challenging aspect, and I touched on it um, earlier, some of the tough conversations that you have. Um, often people, you know, they'll be members of ours and they only get in touch with us when uh, a problem arises. Um, and we can't always fix that problem, um, which, and that can be a really difficult conversation. Um, that might be because, you know, we can't provide legal advice or, you know, other types of professional advice, whether it's financial or planning, that type of thing. So sometimes that's really difficult because um, uh, we've got to be really careful um, with what assistance we do provide. And sometimes we just, we just can't do it and have to refer someone to another service. And someone might be in a, a vulnerable uh, position financially in their business. Um, and that can be really hard, but um, you know, however we can, we'll always support them um, and do what we can. Um, but that, that can be a tough conversations sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to please everyone, but I think the people that you can help and the support that you can provide is, um, is invaluable. So Luke, what are the key priorities in horticulture specifically that you're working on? Yeah, there's a, there's a number of areas in hort that um, we know are really important to members at the moment. Um, uh, the, the most important one of those being access to labor. Um, I know it's, it's been a really tough 24 months in terms of access to labor labor with COVID. So um, there's no easy fixes there, but I think some of the work that we've been doing, you know, um, has been helpful, um, not solving the problem, but getting to a place where we can get the ag visa in place. Um, uh, we can have workers returning to Australia without a quarantine pathway. Um, there's some things that we've been working with the government on, which I think are going to begin to ease the pressure um, on the labor market. Um, and I think just just having people coming back into the country, um, whether it's uh, tourists, skilled workers, unskilled workers, it's going to start to relieve that pressure on, um, you know, the labour market domestically. I, I think the, um, the hospitality sector is going to chew up a lot of workers initially, but um, it all takes pressure off and it's going to flow through. Um, but, yeah, ho- hopefully things start improving on that front soon. Um, some of the some of the other issues we've been working on um, in the hort space um, access to uh, critical inputs. Um, we know there's a shortage of pallets at the moment, so um, the team's been chatting to the government, chatting to the um, providers and manufacturers of 
um, some of those products. Um, they're again, they're not easy problems to solve, but um, where possible, doing what we can to try and um, relieve some of that pressure. Um, some of these are wicked problems that are going to persist post COVID, um, but. Um, I think there's things that we can do to try and relieve some of that pressure. One of them is encouraging domestic manufacturing. So we've actually asked the Victorian government to invest in um, domestic manufacturing of key inputs in Victoria. So whether that's machinery parts or fuels um, or things like uh, pallets, um, I think that'd be really important in taking off the pressure in the longer term. Sure. So many awesome things on the card coming into our yeah, this, this uh, seasonal podcast series that we're creating. So we'll tap into the visas and labour um, as well as supply chain disruptions. So, yeah, thank you so much, Luke. Any final words of wisdom or comments you might like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, all I would say in closing is um, the work that we do is only as good as the input that we have from members. So I always welcome phone calls from members, emails, um, have me a chat. We all love to get out on um, um, so the offers out there, please reach out to the policy team because um, we'd love to chat too. Thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you, Tegan. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on your social media or leave us a review and a rating. To catch all the latest from the Victorian Farmers Federation, head on over to VFF dot org dot au for more info thanks again see you next time